ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 115 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, coming to you live-ish from halftime of one of the most boring games in NFL history. It's six to three at this point. Denver is winning, I guess. Um, so hopefully you're here watching because you're just trying to stay awake and you maybe you have some fantasy stakes in the second half. If you're listening on podcast, we are a big fan of you. Thank you for listening. But uh, you already know the game sucks, so you don't need to worry about it. But in the B chair with me tonight is my friend Scott Sedlow. Scott, how are you tonight? What's going on, man? Like, uh, normally I'm, like, very annoyed. Like, oh, why do we do this on Thursday nights? I'm trying to watch football. You know, honestly, this is saving me from watching this yeah. game. So, you know, this yeah. is awesome. And we have a great guest, so it's going to be an awesome show. It's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. And speaking of the guest, we've got, I, I kind of want to say the one and only Calvin and Hobby. The one and only Calvin Shoemake from DLF. Cal, how are you, my friend? I, I'm doing great. And I, I like to envision a future where someone is listening to this episode via podcast. And they're like, what? That game was the best ever. It had the best second half in the history of the NFL. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping is happening right now as someone's listening. If that's happening and you're listening to this, whenever it is, tweet us. Be like, yeah. you guys are idiots. Please. This is the best game ever. What are you talking about? I will gladly eat crow on that one if that becomes the case because this first half has been brutal to watch. And none, we're not going to talk about it other than this because it doesn't matter. And it's Thursday Night Football, which we go live on Thursday every week. And if you're not watching us live, you should. Come watch us at YouTube. Come come, come follow the tubes of the U and follow, follow us at DAP underscore network on Twitter. And you can find us live every week on YouTube on Thursdays. So, Gentlemen, I gotta be honest. Like through four weeks, I'm I'm having a good year. I feel like I'm having one of the better years of my fantasy life. But at the same time, these weeks are flying by. Does anybody else feel like it's crazy that we're already heading into week five? Is it just me? Just me? Anybody? Definitely yeah, that's not. What I, thought. I always feel it's, that way. I feel like I we're too. gonna blink. I, we're gonna blink, and it's gonna be like, oh yeah, it's fantasy playoff time. Like it's time to you know get your rosters ready. What's the schedule look like? It just it goes by so fast, and then you know we get to the off season, and we get to do it all over again. Yeah, and honestly, like the non-point scoring season has it's it's I get it. It's it's one of my favorites. I get why mm -hmm. Russ calls it that. Like it's a there's a whole different vibe to it, you know. But when you're in season, you're actually scoring points, and you're putting up a record, and you're playing against everybody else head to head, and you're setting lineups, and you're doing waivers. It's a grind. It's a grind. Don't get me wrong. But it's fun. It's a whole, the whole reason we play this game is to do this, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. So before we get too deep into this, before we get into the weeds, let's say, 
Let's go trim those weeds. We are now officially sponsored by Manscaped. As you've heard, if you listen to the podcast, Dynasty Junkies, proudly sponsored by Manscaped. And I got to be honest, support for Dynasty Junkies, brought to you by Manscaped, who, in the best, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Your products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I always botch that, but it's so true. Their performance package that we got, and Scott, I know yours is still on the way. I'll be honest, this is the best... Um, gear i've ever gotten i'll put it that way i don't want to get too crazy but this is can't this wait is to serious. see the new one like these guys are legit like this 4.0 you know? is is legit and i really recommend any guys out there who are kind of thinking about it on the fence or i didn't hear these manscaped reads for a while it's totally worth it totally worth it uh the the everything dynasty junkies at, at the checkout gets you 20 percent off and free shipping highly recommend it i don't even need to get into it at this point we've kind of gone off the rails on this in the last few weeks I, I just think anybody who listens to this, if you don't already have the performance package, you don't already have a Manscaped trimmer, go do yourself a favor, man. I'm telling you, it's totally worth it. Um, they have helped 6 million men worldwide. And again, by my math, that's 12 million balls. I just love saying that. It's so funny. But I just want to make sure that we're clear about this. Dynasty Junkies is the, the code at podcast. Dynasty Junkies, the code when you get to the end, Dynasty Junkies. With that being said, let's move on quickly to week four. Now, we were off last week. We, we had a, a hiatus week. We needed a little break. The junkies were a little tired. We needed to rest up. But we're back hard and ready to go this week. Let's go. Week four. And Javante Williams gets a really bad ACL injury, and he's out. And probably for the season and maybe even part of next season at this point, because ACLs are still a 24, I'm sorry, 12-month recovery, not 24, 12-month recovery. Like, we're looking at even J.K. Dobbins was out a couple weeks. Cal, I want to shoot it to you first. I mean, just what do you think about this Javante Williams thing? Is this something that worries you for him long-term? Are you buying him in Dynasty if you're rebuilding? Where are you at with Javante? So I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, as I told you in the, uh, in the uh, group chat that we've got, because there is this is such a fascinating thing to me that there's two different parts of. One has to do with the injury itself. And so, like, just mm-hmm. to talk about that, like, how we feel about Javante, the player is – very different from how I want to manage my roster um, surrounding him and his injury. And so the first part, if we just focus on the player himself, there's so many things we cannot control. We have no idea. Is he going to bounce back in the way that Saquon did where it like, yes, he came back, but he wasn't the quote unquote, you know, big uppercase loud Saquon Barkley that we're getting right now. That's fun to watch. Um, are we so could it take a couple of years? Are we going to get the JK Dobbins where, like, mm-hmm. yes, he was back, he scored a couple of touchdowns, we were ha- happy for fantasy, but he didn't look great. Like, it wasn't like he was, he didn't have the same pop that he normally has. Um, or, you know, nobody is Adrian Peterson where you come back and Ooh. win the rushing title eight months later or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, we just don't know. And so, I think there's like, there's also there's this other part of it where there's a mental aspect to it, right? Like we're looking at that with James Robinson and Akers. And we got the comments from McVeigh where he's like, oh, the mental side of this like is part of where Cam Akers is struggling. That's not exactly what he said, but par- paraphrasing um, what he said there. James Robinson, on the other hand, is like, you know, going after it. And that makes sense because we know when you come back from injuries, like the mental side of it, do I trust my knee? Do I trust my ankle? Do I trust oh, yeah. this? there's a huge component of the mental side. And we don't think about or talk about that part of it enough because it's uncomfortable and it's, we Oof. can't measure it. Right. Yeah. But like, that's a part of 
of this whole thing. We have zero control over how Javante Williams is going to handle his 25th day in a row of doing rehab and up at 5 a.m. to do something that he needs to do, right? Like, we don't know how that's going to go for him. Um, and I think, like, because we have no control over that, I think we have to focus on the other side, which I think is the more interesting part, is which is where you see the difference between somebody really smart like Diamond um, Dynasty Trade Calculator Izzy talking about mm-hmm. hang on to him, right? And then Addison with DLF and like Scott Connor and some of those guys, you know, that we know, like who are like, no, sell him for first now. And it, yeah. that is a that's not a difference in how they feel about Javante. That's a difference in how they manage their dynasty rosters. Correct. And that is what is so fascinating to watch to me. And what we have to do is be careful not to like pick which one we agree with based on how we like the player. We have to have a plan and understand what our plan is for our dynasty roster and not just pick and choose how we're going to apply it. And that's what they're staying true to their method. And they are, that's why you're hearing them because this is what they believe in. And there are different ways to win. They both are great dynasty players, right? Great dynasty analysts, but they're approaching this very different ways. If that makes sense. No, you're putting it perfectly because it's not just the injury that it's not like, Oh, he's out. Let's say he's out 14 months. Let's pick a time frame. He's out 14 mm-hmm. months. What does that do to his uh, value? That's not how it goes because how you value him could be very different than how someone else in your league values him, mm-hmm. and how Scott and Izzy and everybody else, all these guys that have been doing this for a while that we all looked up to and trust and respect and all this, there is no wrong way to do this. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, and, and this is a bigger topic we don't need to get into, but I think sometimes, especially when it comes to, you know, off season and like, speculative things about who's going to do what it becomes this weird like pissing contest where somebody wants to be like it's he's going to do this and he's going to be fine it's like okay we don't know that and so that that risk that unknown is different weighted for different people right there are definitely Mm -hmm. people out there and i think and i'm not even trying to put words in anyone's mouth but i think there are definitely a lot of fantasy players that like risk and walk right straight flat into risk Mm -hmm. and they're like give me the risk i want the risk but they're not going to send Saquon Barkley for Javante Williams. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to buy risk low. They're going to take a chance on that risk and say, okay, I know there's risk. I want the risk, but I'm not going to send you my entire house for that risk. They're going to buy the risk at a certain level that makes sense to them as a risk profile. And that's where it gets to be really tricky because all of us in this, in this, you know, on this podcast and all of us in this room, so to speak, are, are, you know, content creators and try to give advice to people. And it's like, there is no one answer. There just mm-hmm. isn't. You know what I mean? Like as much as we want there to be, everybody wants there to be like an obvious we'll sell or buy. Or that's not true. You know, if you tell me somebody's going to send, let's say I don't have it. I, I, I'll say this. I've said this before. I don't have any Javante Williams on any teams of all of my teams. I have no shares of Javante, which is way too expensive for me. Mm-hmm. The price is coming down now. I'm thinking of buying Javante Williams. What am I sending? I'm willing to send a 23 first. Like again, did that whole, mm-hmm. you know, Addison Hayes and, and hold that whole thing. I'm willing to send a 23 first for Javante Williams if it's a late first, right? If I'm contending mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm thinking I might have a good guy, you know, because it, it could be worth that. Now, that could be a terrible trade in a year. And I think mm-hmm. this is where it comes back to where it kind of haunt people, too. Is like, I don't want to be over my skis a little bit and, like, oversell things and, like, tell people bad things. Well, all you can do is guess. That's literally what this game is at this point. I mean, Scott, you have, what, 50 teams or whatever. How many Javante shares did you have across your entire portfolio? Uh, nine nine so, okay so what are you yeah. doing with the, and again it's not this easy of like what are you doing with those nine but like on teams where you're contending and you lose javante williams what are you looking for in a trade and again 
overly generalized, but that's kind of what we're going for here. A uh, large towel for my tears, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I mean, Hopefully I love Javante, and uh, it sucks, man. It sucks. Like, um, yeah. I'm super bummed for him. Um, but that's you know, it's part of the game. Like, honestly, this this year is is crazy. And I think Izzy said this. Like, can you name another year where we went like a whole preseason, and then you know, a whole month into the season where like a super relevant player, it's like Tim Patrick's like kind of the only one I can think of that. Hmm. Uh, you know, tore an ACL. Like, there's been a couple other injuries, but I mean, you know, um, obviously like Dak and you know some of those players, but like a tore an ACL and is definitely out for a whole year. Like, obviously, we're gonna see Dak back this year, right? Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, normally I'm looking at those as buying opportunities. Um, you know, going back to Dak when he got hurt a couple years ago and he missed all that time, I bought so many shares. Um, yep. You know, and I, I've done that pretty consistently with all the positions other than running back. So um, right now, I'll give you an example. Actually, in the Junkies, in the Junkies Listener League, Rocky and I got an offer for We have Javante. We're currently, I think, first place in the league. And we're, you know, obviously contenders, right? And mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of depth. So that's the issue is like, okay, we have a pretty solid starting lineup and we don't have a ton of depth so how are we going to weather the bye weeks and injuries well, to and clarify that, right? it's a 14 team league too but so depth is harder to come by right yep. and so you know we got we got an offer um you know for a you know a top running back but it's like we and well we had to add two seconds onto it so mm. that to me is if we were six weeks ago let's say I would have seen it as the other way around. Like that running back would have had to come with the seconds to get Javante. So my right. explanation to Rocky of why I wouldn't do the trade is because, well, I shouldn't be giving up the two seconds now. We're only doing that because we're behind now because we lost that player. So we want to get points in our lineup. It's a tax. So yep. I, right. And I'm less willing to make that move. Um, you know, I just think there's, opportunity to use those picks and add points in other ways uh as opposed to just getting an older player um at the same position you know and uh kudos to the team that offered us that it was a great offer it was genius and i will be doing that in other leagues (laughs) you can bet i will be the guy making those offers too but as far as rostering javante and what to do with him I mean, it's a really tough decision. If you can get someone you like similarly, um, and maybe you have to cross positions, maybe you have to go to wide receiver and then you backfill that running back void. Um, you know, that's certainly uh, something to think about. Um, it's going to be an eight to 12 month thing, right? And and probably least, closer to 12, yeah. probably yeah. closer to 12. So 11 months from now as we start the next season. And so could he be back? Sure. Um, but these guys usually aren't hundred percent right away. And we we've seen that a lot. So getting the points now, if, if you can get fair value, but if you have to pay the tax, it's a hard thing to do. I'd almost rather hang on to him. His value is not going to get any lower. I mean, this well, is, it. that's like, actually what I wanted to pivot. It's going to take like, this it, hit now. And then yeah. as time goes on, it's, it's going to get, as we get closer to that timeline. Yep. So if you have a chance in four weeks from now, to make a trade and and you can go all in for the championship i'm maybe more willing to do so then but not not right now it's a little too early for me on that 
Yeah, I think the best buy time actually for me is probably going to be just before your trade deadline. If you have a contender that has Javante on their bench and they're like, oh, what am I going to do with this with this player that I've got right here? And I think they're going to be the most desperate to sell that player at that point. So if you do want to strike, I mean, like you could miss out, too, because somebody else could just make a better offer than you uh before but be patient yeah. and, and stay consistent that's what you know just going back to what i was saying like have a process understand your process and then like don't deviate like you know um the so izzy is basically like i'm gonna hang on to him and i'm gonna get a first first and a second for him before he comes back and scott is like i'm gonna sell him for a first right now and so like it's not that big of a difference if you really think about it it's just timing and it's also, you know, Izzy trust himself to be able to, in his leagues, find the right time to make that trade. And Scott's like, I'd rather the roster flexibility. I get my first right. and I have a roster spot for the next, you know, eight months that you don't have. Exactly. And I think that's, there's just, it's a different philosophy. One of them would have hit on Adrian Peterson. You know, one of them would have missed would have out missed. on him. Yeah. One of them would have hit on, you know, would have been right about, I guess, you know, like Saquon could have maybe bought him in that, year after because his value didn't go up it went down once he got back to the field acres like you know one of them would have sold him and only got a second or something you know when he first went down and versus you know there was a time when you could have got a first it's just right how much do you trust you're gonna be able to find the right time you're gonna have the right league mate to sell them to you're gonna have like there's just there's a lot of things in there that you have to consider because likely you are the highest on in your league on that player because you have them (laughs) right i want to run through some of this because i and we can spend forever i agree we can spend three hours talking about this because it's such a juicy topic but i did want to get into some of this because there have been some trades since the injury right Mm-hmm. So looking at DLF Trade Finder, there, there are some there are some trades that make sense and some trades that don't. And I'm filtering by 12 team superflex. Like let's just let's just cut out the other, you know, let's just make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, not mm-hmm. saying that there's anything negative on those others, just this is what most leagues are, I think, these days. Javante Williams or Joe Mixon. Scott, who do you want? Javante Williams or Joe Mixon? No, no about contender. We don't know about anything. Javante Williams or Joe Mixon. Yeah, no, well, no, it it is. It's contender, I'll take. Mixon, and if it's if I'm not a contender, then I don't want to score the points, so I'll, I'll take Javante. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold him. Yeah. Cal, you in the same way? I like I like Joe Mixon enough that to me, that's like I think he's still going to hold value next year, and I get the points now too. So I don't know that their value is going to be that much different in eight months. Um, so I'll take Joe Mixon. I know he's older, but there's just oh. gonna like there's a lot. You got to also factor in Denver. They weren't happy just having Javante this year. Correct. Healthy. They brought in Melvin Gordon. So what are they going to do? I don't know if Hackett's even going to still be the coach, but like, you know, it's, if he is, yeah. Choices right now. Okay. What about this one? What about this one? Javante Williams or Rashad White, a 23 second and a 23 fourth. Just, that's not enough for me to give up Williams. No. Like to your point earlier, Scott, like I'm fine holding him at that price, right? There's another yeah. one. Th- th- there's two of these Same. trades on here, which this one is worthy of a couple minutes in my book. Javante Williams or Damian Pierce? No. <laughs> Sorry. Still keeping Javante. Williams. Yes, because I, I think Javante Williams is much more likely to have a starting job uh, handed to him next season. Here's the twist, though. If I can sell Damian Pierce for Javante Williams, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. Like mm-hmm. I would gladly take Javante Williams. So what I'm thinking is again, this is these are real leagues with real people making real decisions, right? 
And there are people out there. And again, I'm not saying in every league. I'm not saying in your league if you're listening. I'm saying send an offer. If you've got Damian Pierce and the guy just lost Javante Williams, send it one for one and see what happens, right? What's the worst that happens? He says no. Mm-hmm. I would no, gladly take Javante in Dynasty. Like that's not even a real question to me. But it's happening a couple times, right? Like that's that's no joke. Here's another one that kind of blew my mind a little because of how players are valued. Javante Williams and Curtis Samuel for Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones is one of those guys in Dynasty that nobody wants. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's got a ticking clock. AJ Dillon's right there. And all, but I was like, are you telling me I could send Aaron Jones and get both of those players back? I'm fine doing that. Like almost every, even if I'm contending, I'm I'll figure it out because I can sell Javante to somebody else, right? And this is what we talk about a lot on junkies. Is like it's never just one trade. Just get the value. Like, do mm-hmm. something that makes sense. So, again, for someone like myself who does not have any Javante Williams shares, now is your time to strike. And we kind of hit on this, and I want to wrap it up with this. This is probably the cheapest he's going to be because there are people freaking out and overreacting and buying somebody for their contending title this year or whatever. And in six months, eight months, ten months, that price is going to be higher than right now. Guarantee you. Even if you're contending, I'd rather have the guy cheaper and then in a month, two months, like you said, Calvin, when we get to the trade deadline, sell Javante for two firsts. I guarantee you there'll be somebody out there that sends two firsts, two late firsts, right? A 23 and a 24 first for Javante. It'll happen. It's crazy, but it'll happen because somebody out there be like, oh, these are not my picks. I don't really care. Like, they're, they're, It's going to happen. I would gladly take some of that. Like, So just buy Javante on the cheap. But that doesn't mean you don't you still send valuable offers. Like, Don't be a dick about it. But I just want to say, like, there is so much chaos around Javante Williams, so much risk that we can go on and on. We've hit on this pretty good. But I just want to say, send us your trades. If you have somebody that is selling Javante Williams for less than you thought or more than you thought, or if you have him, tag us on Twitter. We'd love to be in those polls and kind of give you some advice because no two leagues are alike. And this is the prime case for that. There is no wrong way to manage your team. There is no wrong decision here. Just go do what you got to do, but don't sell in a panic. Never panic sell. I will say that to people from the – I've had – and I'm sure we all have. I've had people DM me. They're like, should I sell Javante Williams for uh, Jonathan Taylor? And I'm like, yes, gladly. <laughs> like, well, J- Jonathan Taylor's out. I'm like, doesn't matter. That's that's an upgrade. You're doing great. Yeah. Like, just just keep your, keep your focus on the prize here. What are we doing? So any other thoughts on Javante before we move on? I know we hit on that a pretty good amount, but any other thoughts before we call it a day on that topic? Because, that we, again, we can go on forever. I'm just rooting for him. I right. I hope he comes back strong and better. So. I love it. I love it. Same. And, I, again, I, it's hard to talk about players in fantasy and not think about them as people. They right. are people. This is a rough injury. I really do feel for him. That's not Except easy to recover Baker, from. Well, that's okay. That's you got me on that one, Scott. <laughs> um, but with that, and that segue is kind of true. J- Taylor is out this week, right? Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. is not playing in this game that we're all kind of watching, I guess. So Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's missing this week. I doubt that he misses that much time. I mean, all the reports are kind of like, eh, I don't know. He's not really going to be out a while. So I'm not really that worried about Jonathan Taylor. So I actually had somebody in my DMs this week that was like, should I sell uh, – Josh Jacobs for Jonathan Taylor. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Like, I would gladly send Jonathan Taylor. Oh now, this was a redraft question, but I still think it's true for anything. Like, this is the time to strike for Jonathan Taylor owners, right? Like, if you're a Jonathan Taylor manager and, and you're looking at and maybe now a little bit too late, but still, like, you're, you put him on IR, he's not starting for you. 
if you're looking at it like, man, uh, my next running back is Antonio Gibson, and that that clock is ticking quick. Like I've got Antonio Gibson on a couple rosters, and I'm like, Brian Robinson is coming back, and he is knocking down the door without even playing a game. Like that is brutal. So like if you've got somebody like that, or you've got Damian Harris with Ramondre Stevenson there, you've got I don't know, pick a running back that just kind of, running backs are weird. Like I would gladly go get Taylor. And I guess Scott, what are your thoughts on Taylor? Is this ankle injury make you worried? Are you you panicking at all, or is this just kind of like a blip on the radar? No, I just think anytime you have these performances, it's an opportunity. Um, you know, right now with the production of like Chase and Higgins, right? People are questioning: Is Chase even really the one? Who cares? Buy them both. Like, let's go. Oh, like, if there's an opportunity, gladly, just get them. Uh, gladly take Chase the two. That's fine with me. <laughs> you know, and we were talking yeah. before the game, like or before the, before we started here watching the game and just saying like, what happened to Indy's line? They were supposed to be so good. And like, you mm. have this, Oh, they have a new quarterback and they're trying to figure some things out and they're running some different plays. And, you know, they have some new people on the outside and they're just trying to make some, some changes. Right. And so it, it'll, it'll come together. Like it's still a good line. It's still the same guys. They're still talented. It's still the same offense. Like we know what he's capable of. So if there's any sort of buying opportunity, people are, are, so overreactive and way too short-sighted when we get to this time of year and you should react to new information i'm not saying you shouldn't but when we're talking about these elite players if there's if there's any crack in that door you go and you you buy it, it will work out more often than not cal you on the same page i think people are um missing the big picture like along with what you guys are saying i, I think that um, so I every week I do a uh, box score scouting thread on Twitter just because it's fun for me. But like I, I always it, notice these things, and like um, I this past week I I just went back and looked. Like I kind of remember JT being a little bit of a slow starter the last couple of years. Like I wonder where he was after four weeks, you know, in his first oh, yeah. two seasons. And so his in 2020 he was RB 16 after four weeks, had right. 56 fantasy points. 2021 he was rb 20 52 and a half um and right now after four weeks rb 22 at 50.2 so within like less than six point difference through four weeks all three seasons now the ankle injury complicates it but sure. this has happened every year for him and i think people are maybe just paying a little bit more attention because he's jt and he finished number one and he drafted him number one well, he hasn't missed I a think. game or he hasn't missed a practice in 30 years or whatever it is right. yeah exactly. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. It's so, an island I, game. I think that helps, right? Like, I, I think, honestly, I was looking at this all this week. I'm like, if this was a Sunday game, Taylor would be playing, right? Like, I don't think anybody's uh, – again, we don't know. We're not probably, examining probably. the body. We don't, probably. But I think – yeah, I think in all honesty, like, it was a Thursday game against a Javante-less Denver team. Like, why risk it? Like, Thursday games are weird anyway. Like, whatever. So I'm not that worried about Taylor. Let's let's pivot into some of these other guys. And there, these are some players that are out, which – I mean, again, I, I get it, and it stinks, and there's IR versus out. But uh, we got Cordero Patterson to IR. Tua is definitely out for week five. Looks like Burks is missing this game. I mean, Kenny Galladay. Oh, my God. Kenny, I have him on so many. I'm just kidding. Nobody cares about Kenny Galladay. But for Bobby's sake, Bobby, if you're listening, uh, Kenny Galladay is out this week. I don't think he's going to play, and uh, it just makes me Kenny laugh. Kenny Galladay still but, plays? Uh, Hey, is he still in the NFL? What's barely? Um, but are we worried about Tua? Uh, let's let's just pivot into that for a hot second before we move on. But like, is Tua something that in Dynasty is his value taking a dip for you, Calvin? Like, is it one of those like 
Tua is now like he's he's injury prone or he's like he's had this bad concussion and that's going to come back. Is it like are you nervous about Tua and Dynasty for Superflex or no? I'm absolutely nervous, but like I don't know right. if there's anything actionable about that. Like I was so in on Tua um, coming, so I have so many shares, but like you can't do anything with it right now. Like I just don't think right. you can. You know, there was some tweet about him, like you know the guy that the movie on uh, concussions that Will Smith was in there's recommending him to oh, retire yeah, yeah. or something or, you know, like, and who knows if that's even real, I don't know. Like, but it's, there's just so much stuff out there and I just feel for him because like, and I just think the NFL has got to, not to get off on a total tangent, but they got to figure something out with this. It takes it out I of do. the player's oh. hands because what is he supposed to do? If a doctor clears him the way they have, like pulled him in and out of the lineup for two years for his entire career. Is he going to make the decision that I'm going to sit out? No, like he's no, the player job. never should. Button, right? should always be out of the player's hands. That's, that yeah. should never be up to the player. I agree. I think if, if this was like Chicago, never for a second was like anybody, but Mitch Trubisky is our guy, Mitch Trubisky. Okay. <laughs> and Miami's been jerking to around for two years. Like, yeah. I just think this is a, bad situation and i'm glad the nfl investigated them I, I i don't know if they just found a scapegoat and like that's all that this was with the independent neurologist i like hopefully they have handled this correctly but like i just they got to find a way to take it out of the player's hand where the player doesn't have to make that choice yeah. to to risk their the rest like so this is personal to me because i actually have um i had concussions in high school i struggled with them and got multiple we didn't know what they were and so mm -hmm. I had a bunch of them like in a short amount of time. And I, so this is personal to me, but like, yeah. I just think they've got to find a way to take it out of the player's hands. And well, you're a prime yeah. case then. So like, if you had, if you had a concussion and they said, Hey, you had a concussion and we don't want you to play, would you fight? You'd be like, no, I'm fine. Like, wouldn't you be like, yo, I'm, I'm good. I can do this. Like, you don't want to let the team down. You don't let the coaches down. You're like, I, I'm ready to go. Coach put me in. Right. Like, you're not going to say no. Why would you say no? That makes no sense. To any player that talks about it, Danny Amendola was on Bill Simmons' podcast this past week talking about how him and Julian Edelman would have this thing where they would kind of hold each other up and let them gather themselves and make it look like they were celebrating. And yeah. like that's they figure out these tricks and these ways around it. And they've like, I just think the NFL has got, like, they got to find this right here. They need to understand that this to his life is like changed. If he yes. had two concussions in four days, it's changed. Yes. Like forever, forever. Yeah. And they need to feel you can't the weight undo of that. A concussion. Yeah. Yes. They need to feel the weight of that. Well, and you literally, you can't unring that bell. Like they always mm -hmm. talk about it being like a bell got rung, like, but you can't unring that bell. You can't just sit down now and be like, Oh, we're fine now. No, that those two bell rings in four days is going to change his brain forever. Yes. Like, I mean, I don't want, I'm not getting political, but Herschel Walker had a number of bell rings. And he is not himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's a lot of NFL players yeah. that have seen this. Like, I mean, not I'm NFL not... players. Me. Just saying. Just saying. I had like it shows up on on a on a brain scan of me. Yes. Like I just had one two years ago, and it still shows up as like that. It's it's it notices exactly where it was, which part of my brain's it brain that it, it affects. Like it is a right. real problem. That again, like we didn't know. They know. No, now. of course. Like yeah, they right. know. 
They well, understand that makes it that. worse if you know and don't yeah. do anything, as opposed they, to the no offense, yeah. Cal, I'm guessing in the 80s and 90s. And, and yeah. you know, when you're, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But like, when, it was. Oh, yeah. whenever, it was 90s, yes. whenever in the 90s, when this was happening, like even in the NFL, like the, the concussions weren't a big thing, right? Like it was right. like, oh, you got his bell rung, he'll be fine. It's not, it wasn't a big deal. We are much more advanced from there and still don't know anything. That's what's yeah. crazy to me about this is that like there's so much that we know. That people are still like, what the heck happened? And again, I was at the game last week as a Bengals fan, obviously, and you know, it was it was brutal to watch. They did not replay it at all in the stadium, which I respected. And we were all very everybody at the Bengals game. And I'm I'm not even being I don't think I'm being overly generous here. I think everybody was like, Why is two playing? I don't think yeah. anybody in their right mind was like, Tua should definitely play. And then when he went down with that injury on what was a hard hit, but a very legal hit, it was nothing mm-hmm. illegal, there's no penalty. I don't think there was any reason to throw a flag there. He just took a hit as quarterbacks do. And it didn't matter how hard it was because he had just gotten his, his bell rung quote unquote, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of days prior and it was just brutal. And when it happened and everybody kind of freaked out and the whole stadium kind of got hushed. And I mean, again, people probably saw it live and everything. And I, I was glad I didn't get to see it. We were, I mean, in the end zone, we were in the stands. We didn't get to see what was happening with his hands and everything. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying. Cause honestly, we all knew it was coming. And that's what's wrong about this. And that's why I'm looking at it like someone needs to step in because Tua is probably like, I'll go in. They cleared me. I'll go in. You should never have been cleared. Never again, what's he supposed to do? If he says like, no, I'm not going to go in. Now he's soft. Now he does. Yeah. Right. There's like, no I, winning. I, like I worked for a company. I don't work for them any, anymore, but I used to work for a company. I won't name them. But like they like there was just this toughness, right? Like you show up to work no matter what. Like and so I'm in Louisiana and it was literally the like. Three times in my life, it has snowed where it like gathers on the ground. Three times in my life, this is one of those days, Lucky guy. The biggest one ever. <laughs> yeah, and that like this guy, my, my boss is like, "Why aren't you on your way yet?" And I'm like, "I don't know how to drive in the ice. What are you talking about? I've never <laughs> no, experienced this before. No, nobody but does. I had to, right? It's like yeah. I, you know, like look, I don't want to get go get out there and like tow trucks made that like so much money that day because <laughs> uh, yeah. there were so many people in the ditches." But like, I didn't have a choice. It's like, okay, well, if I want my job, I got to go put myself in harm's way because this is the culture. And I think that's what has to change. The culture is, um, it, 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 it's got to change. And that's hard to do, but like, it's that's going to happen overnight. Yeah. That's where I mean, we got to start. Any thoughts on this? Or we kind of summarized, you know, where you are with this. No, I, I mean, I, I can relate having two concussions playing football and there's not a goddamn thing you could have done to get me out of the game. So, right. and now we, yeah. again, we didn't know. Okay. So that, that was yeah. how it was back then. So I, I agree with everything here, um, you know, but it's crazy to me. And I don't know if this is common knowledge. I, I, I mean, maybe because um, it's been talked about a lot, but, and I can't remember where I heard this, but essentially, um, somebody explained how the players just can beat the test right like right. they know what to say and how to you know and presumably they mess up their baseline which was is what, that you know, a lot of players listen, do that yeah. uh, oh it was my back my back spasmed and that's what caused me to like that's we're not saying that's what tua said but they're just saying if he had said that what's the doctor supposed to do because that's the dilemma of well do you believe your your uh your patient or do you you know like right. what are you supposed to do be like oh no i don't believe you you know i what do you do there? So it's, it's a no win scenario, which is why there's just gotta, there's gotta be another way with all the technology and all the things we have going on in healthcare nowadays, there just has to be another way. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I I mean, again, I think we all agree and we can move on after this, but it, it can't be in the players' hands, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't even think it should be in the team's hands because I think that just adds too much of a layer of impropriety and being yeah. like the team wants him to play. And I know, and again, nothing against any Dolphins fan, but I had a lot of Dolphins fans like if Tua had played and we would have beat you. And I'm like, well, there's no guarantee of that. And I think at the same time, you're you're part of the problem in a way. Like mm-hmm. he, he had a concussion. I'm pretty sure he had a concussion. I'm not diagnosing, but I'm pretty sure he had a concussion on Sunday. And then they ruled him out with a back injury. And then he's like, no, my back's fine now. And he's, he's back in. That's risky. And then playing him on Thursday is such a short-sighted decision. I don't see the benefit. So I'm looking at it like it sucks that it happened. I really hope two is okay. I hope that his life is okay. I hope that he doesn't have to retire from this. I hope that in 30 years, we don't look back on this and just go, what the hell were we thinking, right? Because again, the technology and science and everything is coming every day. Like we're, we're getting better. We're getting smarter. So I just hope that this isn't like detrimental to his life, like we were saying, because I really do like to. I hope he's good. But yeah, there's no way in hell that he's going to say, no, coach, I can't go in. I got a little dizzies. Like, no, he's not going to do that. He's just, why nope. would you do that? So anyway, nope. that's the wrap up from week four. I think we've covered it more than enough. There's a lot of fun stuff. And again, we were off last week, so we got to catch up a little. But let's get into the main topic, which I do think this is kind of the time of season when people start asking questions which way do I go? What, what are we doing here? I, I am now 0-4, I'm 1-3, I'm 2-2, and 2, whatever it is. Which way do we go? Which way do we look at this and say, all right, where are we at with this? And I know, Scott, you're in a ton of leagues. Cal, I'm sure you're in a ton of leagues, too. I know I am. Is four weeks enough to determine where your team is determined to finish, like destined to finish? Like Scott, let's start with you. I know we've talked about this before. After four weeks, are you looking at your rosters and going, all right, where are we? Yeah, absolutely. And... I've only been able to say that anecdotally in the past until last year. Um, our good friend Jordan McNamara came out with the yes. analytics of Dynasty and then the analytics of Dynasty rebuilding guide. And so mm. his Twitter handle is at McNamara Dynasty. And you can uh, you should check out the analytics of Dynasty. But if specifically, if you're just doing a rebuild, check out the rebuilding guide. Okay. Mm. Because he does a study and he puts the data behind what I've been able to say here anecdotally over the last several years. And essentially the first three weeks, um, you know, without giving away everything in here, it's basically after the first three weeks, um, 74% of the teams in the top half of total points after week three, okay, not even week four, after week three, won seven or more games in the fantasy season. Now, again, we may have an extra game now because we're 17. So this was done in a previous year right so maybe week four is a little bit more appropriate um but that tells you right there basically 75 percent chance if you're not in the top six in points regardless of your record you're probably not a contender if you're not getting seven wins you're not in the playoffs and therefore you better go to the bottom i agree yeah nobody wants to finish ninth that is never a goal you want to finish sixth at the best and then maybe 12th and then fifth you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, squeak me in the playoffs and see if I can do it. But I do not exactly. want to finish seventh. That is mm-hmm. the worst place. No. Eight, seventh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ex- exactly right. So I think, um, you know, something I'm going to try this year for myself is just pushing some of those teams more towards getting into the playoffs. But it's going to come down to this threshold of 
looking at the points. And then you really do have to analyze the each league. There isn't one hard and fast rule because Bingo. sometimes you do have that perfect storm of injuries and, oh, well, I'm getting Dak back. And then I also have Watson mm. who's coming back and whatever. You know what I mean? There could be 58 million scenarios. Uh, yeah. So you do have to analyze each league. And so that's really what I'm doing um, starting last week, this week, and through next week. I'll be going through all my leagues and analyzing the whole league, not just my team but also the whole league in points, in record. And then looking at, you know, did somebody already jump ahead and is already, you know, beat me to the the rebuilding? You know, a lot of teams are already rebuilding because of the 23 class. So mm-hmm. if you decide all of a sudden to rebuild now, we might already have four teams that are rebuilding. Essentially, you have a Great one point. out of eight chance instead of one out of 12 and making the playoffs. You might as well just go and see what happens. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. you have to trade away your future assets or trade away your youth or anything like that. It just means, Hey, once the playoffs happen, anything is possible. So if you're going to, if your best case is one Oh five, maybe don't rebuild, right? Like you might as well just get in the playoffs and see what happens. You never know. Well, okay. Uh, so let's pause there for a second because I aiming for one Oh five is a bad idea. Nobody is aiming for seventh place, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants that. But I definitely have had a few teams over the years that I'm like, you know what? I might get lucky enough. I, you know, I'm starting two and two. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm seventh in scoring, but it's been kind of a wonky start as every season is, right? I feel like it's the most evergreen tweet ever. This is the weirdest year ever, isn't it? Like, no, every year is just different than what we expect. So I'm saying, like, if you're two and two, if you're one and three, you're three and one. If you're three and one, I feel like you've already banked three wins. You're pretty much going in. In my logic is like, if I'm three and one. I'm going for them playoffs. All I got to do is win four out of the next, what, 10 weeks at this point. Like, I, I can probably win four out of the next 10 because of the way the season mm-hmm. extended. If I'm two and two, I got to win five out of the next 10. That's 50-50. I can probably win 50-50 with buys coming up. We'll be all right. But I do think that if you're one and three, you really have to take a look at your team and be like, all right, can I turn this around? Like, is there something that I can do? Is there a trade that I can make? Is there a, I don't know, a couple of trades? Is there some do I have a lot of draft picks and I can donate those for points now to turn this around or is it legitimately just too late and I need to tank? And I think one and three is the hardest spot for me personally. If I'm one and three, but I'm fourth in scoring, that's brutal. Right. Where it's like, man, I can still do this. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know. I, what do you think, Cal? If you're one and three, let's say you're one and three in a really competitive league. It's a 12 team league. And you're, I don't know, seventh in scoring, one and three. It's been a wonky year. What are you doing with your team in general? What are your thoughts? That's one of the most fascinating ones. I've actually got like, I so I have five different categories I put my teams in right now. Right. And yeah. that fits into the fourth of the five. And so that's like if I'm one to three uh, or if I'm one and three, but I'm like, yeah, top three-ish. Uh, you know, so I say top three, but yeah, if you're like right there, you know, a few points away from three or something like that. Maybe you missed a Monra for a week or something like that. Right. Um, that is where I am actively shopping for upgrades in any area of deficiency. So like your margin of error has shrunk. Um, I am still at this point hesitant to use my first, yes. but I'm willing to take on more risk in this situation than I would um, in others, I want to be smart and I want to be like a little, I want to be careful about the way I approach it still to some degree, but I also have to have a little bit of like, if I slip up at all this season, even though like I've got all these points, I'm going to end up like, yeah, 105, 106 with like all these great points, but like 
you know, I'm in the middle and I'm not going to get a great asset for next year or whatever. Participation trophy is all yours, Kyle. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. But like that to me, like is the other one to me that's really hard is if you're two and two and if you're like kind of in the middle of points scored and because you're like right there and like you can make a case either way. And I think this is where you have to be really honest with your roster. Like if you've got descending assets on your team, like if you it's if it's like you got Derrick Henry and Devonta Adams and you know, like you've got like those kind of players who are, you know, they're producing and they're able to get you some wins some week, but like they're, they're from here forward, they're going to lose value for sure. Like that mm-hmm. is just happening. Um, then I think you now that's value wise, not points wise, value wise. There's a difference, but like they're going to lose, lose trade value in that sense. Then you need to decide which direction that you're going to go. And like, this is the most, to me, the one and three is the most where your where your top three is like difficult, but the but the most dangerous is that one because if you mishandle it, if you tr- start trading away first and like, you know, you get other depreciating assets, this team could be like terrible with no assets positive that you can even start to trade and get anything of value back for. So you're in a really precarious situation there like i think that's where i start looking for downgrades like tear down trades where it's like i might trade picks yeah yeah like, like yeah i might trade derrick henry for miles sanders and like some picks or something right yeah. like i might still get like some kind of something like that where i'm like gonna hedging your bets assets. yeah i mean i mean get safe assets that aren't gonna lose value yep. right i can bank those that second next year is not losing value between now and then it can't <laughs> it's only gonna go up So like, I want to bank some of, some of that stuff, but then still like try to make sure I got some points on my team. If that makes sense. I totally love it. Yeah, no. And Scott, are you in the same kind of boat? Like if you're two and two and I don't know, eighth in scoring, but you've had a really weird start to the season. Is that something where you're panic selling? Are you, are you buying? Obviously it's league dependent. There is no one answer, but I mean, just in general, what is your thought process when you're two and two and eighth in scoring? So, I mean, I, I'm sovereign. Like I'd rather someone die on my roster than I sell them for like 50% of value. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just can't like, I'm not giving players away. Um, even if, even if they do me no good, uh, I, you know, I, I've given the example before where I had this awful roster and I mean, it was just terrible. And I had Eric Henry and he was having a monster year. This was a uh, two years ago. And like, why, why would we not trade this guy? Well, because, nobody's giving me like anything like literally the offers were just atrocious and i was like you know what no no they don't they don't get them i'm just going to hold and then i ended up being able to trade them during the draft um and i got i got i ended up getting a haul because there's a team that you know had a player that had a great run at the end of the season and whatever right and now they're feeling good about their team and now it's not the season anymore so they're willing to give up picks and all that so uh uh just be patient uh, I'm far more patient. It's it's not easy to be patient when you're in, you know, three or four leagues, right? <laughs> because you you might have that itch to to do something, or you feel like you should be doing something. Um, but for me, it's very easy to just be patient. And say, you know what? I'd rather this guy die on my roster than just give him away for nothing. Like a third round pick, the hit rate on a third round pick just isn't worth it. I'm not I'm not going to just take any third round pick for guys these points or should be worth more than that so well again scott you're you're kind of chopping up there a little bit again so i I don't want to get i I, go ahead cal yeah 
I would like to just give the rebuttal to that if I can. Yeah, yeah. I was actually gonna say I was gonna do my own, but go ahead. Yeah, as the guest, well, your turn. So and that's so um I, I gave you my third and fourth category. My fifth one is is if I'm one and three middle, one and three bottom three, oh and four, oh and four wherever, um, bottom three, middle, like my plan is I'm selling off descending assets and I'm shedding points off my roster because mm -hmm. what you don't like the thing that you don't factor in in the trade that you make of Derrick Henry if he's having a monster year is that if points are your tiebreaker right after um, your record, then you could also be trading the 104 for the 102. It cost me as it a cost part of that 101 by keeping him. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So instead of having that 101, mm -hmm. you had whatever it was. And that's, that to me, that has to be a part of the factor of that trade is what you are, um, that your position in the draft. And that's you getting, shedding those points from your roster when you're trying to rebuild is a big part of it. You, I know that like value wise, it sucks, <laughs> but yeah. like, I just think that's the hidden part of a trade that like some of the really sharp guys like got me onto there for like thinking how to, how to think about that. And I, that's, I've, I really have come around to like, yeah, that really does make sense. And yeah, I hate getting rid of these guys that are scoring yeah. points that I love because I, yeah, uh, like I, what I'm going to get a third round pick for Ezekiel Elliott. Like, oh. know, he, let me do a title, man. Like, how, how am I going to, you know, but like, that's just part of it. Well, so and get to pivot on that too, like th that is a prime case. Like I, I am, I have Zeke in a couple leagues that I'm, I'm trying to score points, trying to win, you know, or I'm mm -hmm. two and two and three and one, whatever it is. And, 4-0, whatever, like trying to score some points. I'm not selling him for a third in those leagues. But when mm -hmm. I'm 0-4 and it's just like, you know what, maybe this helps that my first get better if I have my own first, which is always a caveat I like to ask to people when they're saying, you know, hey, should I do this? Or I'm 1-4 I'm or 1-6 or whatever. Like, well, first question, do you have your own first? Because I know I'm an addict. I trade all the time. I don't always have my own first, right? I, mm -hmm. I trade my own first three years out all the time and just – it makes the kind of the whole chaos becomes crazy. But like, I, I don't want to send Zeke for a third. I, I can get a second at least. I know I can. Nope, I can't. In this league, no one is giving me a second, right? Like someone on Twitter will do it. That doesn't help you. Like does not help you. And so you kind of have to really evaluate your league. And I think sometimes this is where it gets kind of like underrepresented in the market and like doesn't get talked about enough. But every league is so unique. Every league is so different. You kind of have to play everything to your league. Is your league active or not? Is your league paying attention or not? Is your league looking for running backs or not? Like if you only have to start one running back and it's flex after that, then you, Zeke even has less value, right? Like you're having to start him over players like, I don't know, like Michael Pittman and Deontay Johnson and all, you know, Jerry Judy. And like, I'm probably going to start those guys over Zeke because I don't have to start anything but one running back. And I've already got Saquon Barkley. So I'm fine. Like I don't need to worry about it on a bye week Sure. That's one week. I'm not worried about it. So Again, I just want to make sure that we're talking about this in a general sense, but being specific to the specifics, there is no one answer, right? And I think too, and, and again, maybe we can finish this segment on this because we've got a lot to cover still. But if you're really stressing out, if you're one and three, you're two and two, you don't know what to do, hit us up on Twitter. Obviously, we all like to answer these questions. We all do this for a hobby and have a great time with it. And I'll be honest, I've answered a lot more questions in this last week than I did the last three weeks combined. Because there are a lot more people that are like, okay, trades are now starting to happen, right? Week one and two, you don't get a lot of trades. Everybody's kind of holding pat and seeing what's going on. Week three, you start to get some. But week four is when people start to go, okay, oh, crap, I'm out. I'm done. I got to move on. I got to bail. Uh, you start to see some crazy values of players. You know, you got to see some things where, 
you know, shoot, three months ago, we never would have seen. And it's just, it's it's a whole different world. And I think, take what Scott was saying, and he said before, don't be beholden to three months ago, right? Like, as much as we want to spend the entire, I guess it's like, what, six to nine months in the non-point scoring season, living in that world, we're not in the world anymore. We have new yep. data. We have to go with that new data. And I think at some point, you have to realize, I've got to make a move or someone else is going to beat me to it. And it all comes together, really. If you're two and two and you look at your league and you're eighth in scoring and you're like, listen, I had a fluky couple of weeks, but so did the whole league. If I'm the first to rebuild, I'm going to get the best deals on things. Maybe that's my best effort, right? I'm in a league full of sharp people that are going to do better than me. I'm out. I'm just going to rebuild. I'm just going to turn right now. And I think after four weeks, you kind of get that idea. And I think you know in your heart which way you need to go. And so it's funny because I always ask people this question, and I think people ask me this question more often even than that, like, which way should I go? And I go, which way should you go? Like, you know, you know, which way is the answer. Like if you're feeling ha confident and happy about your team, let's go that direction. But if you're asking me questions like, man, I don't know, I feel like I should rebuild. There's your answer. Rebuild, turn it around. And I think that's what I like about dynasty more than redraft because in redraft, if you're 0 four in redraft, no offense, your league is, you know, stomping you, you're, you're done. You're, your season's kind of over. The only thing I will say to that, and the caveat is that, you know, if you have high points or something, obviously you want to get some upside, try to win your money back, all this. But for the most part, if you're 0-4 in redraft, it's just, you know, pack it in, enjoy the football and move on. Like join a dynasty league. I don't know. Like it's just, it's just so much more fun because in dynasty, you can send players for picks and like start to rebuild your roster in, in, in honestly in October and uh, have a lot more fun with it. So I want to put a pin on that. I think that that's a good way to put it. There is no right answer. There is no wrong answer, but there are definitely some weird answers. And I think that there is no wrong way to play this. Just do what you think is the most fun. If you don't like rebuilding, don't rebuild. I'll just put it that way. You know, there are plenty of players out there. Scott Connor is one of the best. I lo he loves rebuilding. He loves turning his roster around. He loves the long game. He loves running backs. All that. Then if you're not that guy, don't be that guy, right? Let's just put it that way. Uh, next segment we have coming up which we haven't done much of is listener league updates. We really do got to get into this. We've got a lot of great listeners that have been in our listener leagues, dynasty junkies one and two. We've got the two of them going now. I wanted to update at least a little bit of where we are with this uh, dynasty yeah. junkies, the, 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 the team dynasty junkies one, which is me and Rocky in league one. We won both matchups because we had a, a, a double header this week. We're six and zero oh after week four, six and zero, oh, man, six and zero. Oh. Like mm. we're, we're good. Mm. We're good. Mm. We're sitting pretty. Scott's going to come take us down, mm. I'm sure. But we're good. We're doing all right. Just give me uh, a high year. score this week was high score this week was what beats by Ray, who started CEH, Eckler, Damian Pierce, Lamb, and Higby, all of whom had great games, great weeks. Uh, we beat Gator Bitches and Sodaly Tober, which are terrific team names. You guys are phenomenal. But we're in first. Gators Bitches is second. And I think that's what makes this even better. We beat the second place team. Funky Bunch is third at four and two. Lots of time left, right? But we got this is a great league. DJ One has been around for a few, a few years. I took over with Rocky. I know Scott, you've been in the league for at least one year, right? Weren't you Just, in last I year? I took over uh, an orphan last, I think, a few like six this months ago or something. Yeah. Um, but wait, but wait, we need to now take Rocky off the um, the Hawk bandwagon. Okay, he is no yes. longer a Hawk truther. He is done. I'm sorry, Rocky. You have been removed from this title. I am the new Hawk truther on this podcast. 
Well, I want to mention this because we we benched Hawkinson this week, and I gotta be honest, that was a we regretted it, but we're still we still won, so who cares, right? But I benched Hawk in a couple leagues because that team was just who knows what they're getting into. But man, I am also I want to be on that Hawk Truther train with you, Scott. But yeah, we benched Hawk. I'm not afraid to say it. We benched Hawk. That was the Um, best game of his career, so don't worry. It's I I don't think it's gonna get any better. Let's be honest. (laughs) That was probably his number one. Uh, Dynasty Junkies two, which we drafted this. I think we drafted that this January, right? January, February. Correct. And so me and Bobby have a team, and Rocky and Scott have a team. Uh, So Rocky and Scott defeated Drew's Cruz and are four zero. So I guess tied for first in the league. With mm-hmm. Andrew Ember's team and Policy Gronks, I mean, Rocky and Scott Bonte. doing great things. That's the um, team. Andrew and Andrew and Bobby won against Aiming for One Hundred and One, which tells you a <laughs> lot about that team. And we're two and two, and so we're ninth, and we have no idea what we're doing. Like honestly, I think Bobby would agree with this. Like we we have won some games where I I remember sending Bobby a message on a Sunday a couple weeks ago. I think it was week two. I sent Bobby a message of like, so we're rebuilding, right? Because we were 0-1 and we just did not do well in week two. And our team ended up squeaking out a victory. Like we just had to threaten them a little bit and they did all right. So now we're sitting here at two and two. We're ninth. And it's a prime case of what we were just talking about. Like, well, which way do we go? Like, what, mm. what is the thought process here? I'll be honest, we still don't know. I mean, Bobby's been a little under the weather. I've been busy as hell with real life. Like, this is how dynasty teams go sometimes. But Andrew Ember's team had the high score of the week. Uh he had Goff, Higgins, Henry, and Kelsey all blowing up for him. So congratulations to you, Andrew. Appreciate you doing that. I think, honestly, Rocky's in the best spot here because he's in first in both leagues and undefeated. I don't know how he did it, but God bless him. Thank God he's not on the podcast to brag about it. But he will be editing this. And Rocky, good work? Question mark? I just want to put it that way. All right. So our last segment, which everybody is familiar with, we're going to do Find Me a Trade. we got to do this. It's been a couple of weeks. This week, I'm not going to pull up the roster because we it's a sleeper league, which is wonky anyway, but this was submitted by Kenny Grady. I have, I have at, it up if you want. If Go for it. Yeah, at KG underscore 2485. I'll go through the settings and you can talk about the team. Um, so this league is League of Champions. Uh, it's a 10-team PPR with bonuses for long touchdowns. Now, I always like to mention those little caveats because sometimes that can change your calculus a little bit, a little bit. Uh, it is a two QB running back, receiver, tight end, three flex, three IDP, and a kicker. So again, you do have to start two quarterbacks, but then like one of everything else with some flex and some IDP. It's 25 roster spots and one IR. So for an IDP league with this few of a team, I think that's a pretty shallow league, but that makes for some very interesting choices, right? Is everybody wants to be like, oh, it's not my league. I, my league's way deep. Those shallow leagues are way harder because now you have to decide who do I drop. Mm. You're not going to pick up Philip Lindsay or Deion Jackson. You're not. You're not going to do that. <clears throat> you're not going to drop Jonathan Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to make these really odd decisions, and I think it's awesome. I love these ten team leagues. So I'll get into the thoughts, and then I'll let Scott go through the roster. But uh, it's a second year dynasty with some of his friends. Made playoffs, but didn't get that far. Made trades for AJ Brown and Aaron Jones so far. What else can I do to improve? Kenny, I got to be honest, this is a pretty good team. There's, there's a couple weak spots, but Scott, go ahead and get into the, the roster and we'll go from there. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Kenny because uh, I started looking at this um, league and the team names and I was like, whoa, I think I'm in this league. And uh, it turns out we're in a couple other leagues together, like a whole bunch of guys from this league. So yep. Iron Eagle 24 and LaMurphy 57, Yellowwood 5000. 
foreskins always a great name philly diehard fan so i think these guys are from the philly area if i if i remember right so um so kenny has uh josh allen uh matt stafford and daniel jones at quarterback uh running back nick chubb jamal williams james connor jeff wilson deandre swift wide receiver Pittman, debo evans landry a rob osborne amon ra sun god Kadarius Tony, Romeo Dubs, Wandale Robinson, tight end, Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz. Um, and then a handful of IDPs, linebackers, which is typically what I do in my flex IDPs as well. So Holcomb, Edwards, Highsmith, Watt, and Leonard. So good, good group. Solid. Of, uh, yeah. Linebackers. Mm-hmm. I want to say this too. Most future picks, including some additional ones, except for 23 first. Right. I want to say this too. I love when we get IDP leagues and I know the players on IDP. I'm always <laughs> like, oh yeah, you've got a good IDP. I don't need to worry about it. Um, because again, we're not an IDP show. I mean, again, as much as we love dynasty and everything else, like just, I tell people all the time, like there are much smarter people than me in IDP. I don't hate the format. I just don't know it. Um, but again, I think this, this team is pretty solid. I gotta be honest for a 10 teamer. I feel pretty happy about this. I mean, again, th- this is, yeah, it's the second year of this league and everything else. But Scott, do you want to get into yours first, maybe, and then I'll pivot into mine? Yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing we're talking about right now is the time of year and what our yes. records are and points and all that. And we just we have a screenshot of all the rosters. So I don't mm-hmm. know what all the records are. I don't know what everybody's point situation is. So I'm just kind of taking an educated guess here. Um, the thing about, you know, for me, 10-team league, uh, the smaller the league, the more emphasis on the stud players. The bonuses for long touchdowns, I almost kind of ignore it. I mean, maybe it's a tiebreaker if you're looking Again, at a couple players. Again, it can be a tweak, players, but, but yeah, you shouldn't focus on it. I agree. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not really going to base major decisions on it necessarily. Um, so in this case, with there only being a requirement of one running back, one receiver, um, I'm not going to worry too much about those spots. I'll just kind of fill in guys as needed, but I want two stud quarterbacks. Um, Mm. And I don't know that this trade necessarily accomplish it because it's really hard to, it's hard to trade for a stud quarterback, especially in the middle of the season. Um, There's a particular roster that may be struggling because he has uh, lots of injuries and some other things. Now he, he could be four and oh, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty good roster. Uh, but I just thought the only guy I could really identify would be Dak Prescott, maybe going after Dak and uh, pairing him with Josh Allen. That is a pair that I have in a lot of leagues that has led me to success. Um, Not no, yet. I don't will. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I don't know that this is that major of an upgrade and it's a little bit of a risk, but I feel like this team can can sustain. So so my my trade here is to move Matthew Stafford, which might be really hard to do right now. Uh, you might have to wait a week or two. Uh, but then again, Dak comes back. So uh, move Matthew Stafford, James Conner, and a second to Team Yellowwood for Dak and Kamara. Um, I know there's frustration with Kamara. I think people think he's toast, but he's definitely gotten the snaps when he's played. Uh, you know, I, I think there's good things coming for him. A little bit of positive regression. You could say the same thing about Connor too. He's gotten a lot of the work. He just hasn't had the touchdowns or the catches like he had at the end of last season. So it's going to be a tough trade to pull off. And I'm not sure how much it really, um, 
elevates, you know, from Stafford to Dak, I don't know, but at least I'm gaining back about five years on that. Uh, and, and maybe getting at least that floor of Camara that you could plug in. So it's one of those things. I just don't trust Connor. Um, I've, I've been kind of out on Stafford this season, even before we got going here. So just trying to do something a little bit different. Um, if there's any way you can go after somebody other than Dak, like higher on the ranking with some Dak, uh, I'd be all for it. I just don't see any opportunities with these current teams, unless you find a team that's maybe 0 and 4 and wants to do something like that. Yeah, I had the same thought too, and I, I didn't put it in the, um, I, I made my notes here. I, I didn't put it in our, but I actually targeted the same exact team, the Yellowwood okay. 5000. Okay. Um, but I, I actually, so I have two, I had two trades that I, I, I couldn't do just one. Um, I found two <laughs> I love trades. It. Love it. <laughs> and a um, couple of them, like just real quick, like philosophically, kind of like you talked about there, um, only starting one at those positions. So for me, that tells me like, I, I go a little bit different than you in that like same type thing, but like I want wide receivers because. Okay. Like I would like to play one running back and that's it. And like, I want to roster, like I want to roster more running backs than wide receivers, but I want to have the one good running back or th- yeah, yes. on my team, maybe two. But like, that was the first thing that I noticed is there's quite a few of his uh, running backs that he has right now that I would look to flip. Like Jeff Wilson jumps out to me, like part of my methodology. If I have a running back, who's a backup, who gains value and I can get a second for him. I always do it. Always. So if I can get a second for Jeff Wilson, I'm going to do that. Um, Now, I would prefer to do this first. So speaking of um, it's it's not the one, the the same guy as you, the yellow wood, but um, and I ran this through the trade calculator and it was really close. Um, Trying to upgrade Jeff Wilson and Matt Stafford for Hollywood Brown and Traylon Burks. Now I'm going away from a quarterback Mm. in that trade. I'm away from a quarterback in that trade, but here's why in a 10 team league, it's not like to me, quarterback is not as valuable because every team Completely can rock for three. Like you and they're all starters. But you have to start have that. It's not a super flex, though. It is yeah, but, still. but so. I still have Daniel Jones and I have like other assets that I can try to use to trade for a quarterback. Um I'm with you. from that I'm point. So I'm, I'm but that I get another like uh, wide receiver. So as I was looking through it, there's he he can start five if I understand correctly with the flexes and and offers wide receivers. Yep. Is that uh, right or is it four? Four. Four. Four receivers. Yeah. Four yep. receivers. Four. So if you got Pittman, Debo, Mike Evans, and then you go down to Monter St. Brown, there's a big drop off after that, right? So like I yes. want to add in you know, somebody that somebody else like and Marquise Brown to me, like is just way too undervalued, super disrespected people. You know, I've been arguing with people, strangers on the internet about that all week. Um, <laughs> but I, that's, so that's somebody that I am targeting. And if I like Matt Stafford, I'm worried about, he's hurt right now. He is hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I had the same thing with Dak, but I went a little bit of a different way. And I like your one with Dak, but when I was targeting the Yellowwood um, team, I thought, uh, yes, there was some injuries, but I thought he had a really good team, just maybe not as, like, he's got McCaffrey. There's some questions about McCaffrey, right? He's got, like, some running backs where it's like, he may feel uneasy about his running back position. He's got Kamara. He's got Akers. 
he's got Brees Hall there, but like, and so I might can trade, keep Chubb, trade DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, put that package together and be like, here, you're protected and come back and get Jalen Waddle and maybe George Pickens. If I am good enough in my negotiation, maybe I add a little something else to my side and just continue to beef up those wide receivers. I can always try to flip them, pair them together, upgrade if I need to, but wide receivers are going to maintain their value longer in dynasty. Like that is, I would build through wide receivers. And once I get to that place is then then I would start to try to get two dominant quarterbacks. I, you know, where I, but I build there. He's got Andrews doesn't need to worry about side end. That's exactly like keep him. Right. Um, Flip some of these running backs if you can for, um, for round two picks. And there's probably others you can go pick up off the waiver wire. Darnish Johnson, who could get value later or uh, sure. you know, somebody like that. Who knows? But I don't know. Even, I yeah, then backfill, you can always buy a guy for a third who's going to give you a couple of games. You know, you can buy a Jeff Wilson, a Dearness Johnson, uh, you know, whoever guy is going to be starting for a couple of games, you can throw out a third and pick those guys up. So run with mm-hmm. that hero RB. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, well here, so that actually pivots perfectly into my trade, which I think is a is, is on the same page. Like when you only really have to start one running back, I don't need four running backs. I think mm-hmm. running backs are too fragile. They're they're they don't hold value that long. So my first thought when looking at this team and looking at the rosters, and especially being a 10-team league, mm-hmm. I don't feel as as needed to hold on to the running backs like I do in, in 12 and 14 and beyond. Like You've got plenty of running backs. You can get a guy. You've already got James Conner on your roster. You've got Jamal Williams on your roster. You've got Jeff Wilson on your roster. Like You've got four running backs you could start if Swift is healthy. So my trade was, again, in the same page, sending Chubb and one of those like bench receivers you're never going to start, like, no offense, Allen Robinson, Tony, and Wandale. All of those guys in 10-team leagues are probably on your bench, mm-hmm. right? So Chubb and one of those bench receivers with potential upside – to ng188 for aj brown like let's just upgrade a, a solid receiver one let's go get ourselves a stud receiver mm-hmm. um partially to insulate yourself for the future but also to score points like let's be honest like aj brown's gonna score you points this year you're not giving up that much you're giving up chubb which of course chubb is a stud don't get me wrong but chubb has a shorter shelf life than aj brown if nothing else in trade value alone you're, you're going to get – you could probably get A.J. Brown. If you send A.J. Brown next year, you could send A.J. Brown for Chubb plus one of these guys again. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you could send Chubb plus these guys for A.J. Brown. Like, it, it's not going to be as easy. So I'm saying, like, I would much rather have the A.J. Brown side of that deal on my roster, especially at the way this is looking. I mean, wide receiver is the weakest position on this team, which isn't – it doesn't say much. I mean, this is a pretty solid team. i got to be honest. Like, you're you're pretty good to go here. But even with like Pittman, Debo Samuel, and Mike Evans, those are all like kind of wide receiver ones. Like those are guys that should be wide receiver one, but AJ Brown's your wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Like you need a stud guy to focus on. <clears throat> if you can get somebody better than that, like Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson, by all means, go for it. I don't think these guys are getting moved. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I think AJ Brown's probably the cheapest of the guys that I think could be in that top six wide receiver category next year. And in a 10-team league, that's what I need to kind of focus on. And that was what I thought was missing on this team because you've got the Lamar Jackson, uh, Mike, Mark Andrews stack that we were talking about. Like, you're fine at those positions. Even in start two QB, I don't I don't like the idea of sending a QB if you have to start two and you only have three. But you could easily get back a guy like Davis Mills or Geno Smith or Jared Goff, like one of those guys from a non-contending team 
when buys come around in week six, seven, eight, like you, you're not up against it. So I agree with you there, Cal. But I do think that sending a QB isn't the bad idea. I'm not saying it's a wrong move, but again, I, I was thinking he had Lamar. He's got Josh Allen. I'm sorry, but same logic. He's got Josh Allen as a stud quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, again, my point is I would upgrade receiver and I think Chubb's the guy to do that. I don't think Swift is the guy to move right now with the injury. I don't think you're going to get full value for him. Even if you pair him with Jamal Williams, I just think that's risky. And James Conner, you're not getting anybody back for that. And Jeff Wilson, you're not getting anybody back for that. But those guys are could be starters for you. So I don't mind holding them. So that's kind of where my thought was, in theory. So anything on that, Scott, before we move on to the end of the show? Anything you want to move on to and, and kind of address for Kenny's team here? No, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I'm always about building around the receivers. So that's, that's a very common strategy for me. I'm in a... The uh, 48 team league, the DDCL, uh, that one's a lot of fun. And it's the same yeah. type of scenario, like starting lineup. And I basically just have like one running back and a whole bunch of receivers. And because I have Mahomes and Allen and Andrews, I mean, I've been in the championship, you know, two out of the first two years in the league. So, um, you know, that's definitely the way to go. Keep turning those running backs. Um, you know, and I mean, look, look to make moves, look for opportunities. There's going to be more injuries. There's going to be other, other misfortunes for the other rosters, uh, in the league. And so look for those opportunities, make some moves. Um, I know at least half of those guys, I'm in two other leagues with, so I know, I know they're, uh, they're fun guys and they're, uh, they're cagey, so it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I just put a message in our, in our chat that, that we're doing that. So that should be fun. And I think before well, we sign off too, we should just uh, we should get to recovering Ridley, Ridley Truther's trade. I wanted to in, yes uh, in the comments. Okay. Yeah. So here, here's what recovering Ridley Truther is a fan of ours. He's in a lot of these shows. He pays attention. I love it. Thank you, recovering Ridley Truther, not Ridley Truther anymore. But he put us in the chat. If you get time, which why not? We'll do it now. Offer in the inbox. Twelve team superflex PPR. Two point five tight end premium. Yes, two point five. He says because that is a lot. All-in contender in first. He's in first place. Do you – Cal, I'll start with you. Do you give your 24 first – well, actually, not his, but do you give a 24 first, a 23 second, Conklin and Bateman, and get Diggs and Claypool? I mean, basically no. two top three receivers. I, I, What do you think on that one, Cal? No, I don't. And, it, again, it goes back to philosophy. If I'm an all, So if I'm all-in, unless I'm one and three – I am pretending my first don't exist or right. I am waiting until the they're at peak value for me trade wise closer to the trade deadline. Like there is like if you make this trade right now and you're an all in contender, unless there's like a buy on the line or some reason why I have to do it, I just got to get in the playoffs that I want to be the best team later. Not right now. So like I've got to get like really really good value if I'm gonna I'm always willing to trade my first if I'm yeah. getting great value for it I'm just not gonna be I gotta go upgrade this right now I don't want to be impatient like especially if I'm a contender if I'm winning I'm scoring points like this is just philosophically not something I would do here I don't think Claypool's good um, no. I do think Diggs You're is good alone. yeah <laughs> yeah I do think Diggs is good but that to me like I. I'd want more if I'm giving up Bateman, who people still really love. He's only got 11 catches this year, and it makes me nervous. But, like, people love Bateman. He's going to have value. Um, But to give up that first, even though it's 24, I like that it's not 23 at least. But, no, I'm I'm just not – like, 
Stefan Diggs can tear his ACL this week. I hope he doesn't, obviously. But like, obviously. or he could win the lottery and never want to play again. Whatever you want to say. Right. But like, you <laughs> just have more information three weeks from now, and that first isn't going to lose value. So, just be patient. Like, have more information. Upgrade a little bit later, unless you have a deal that you that is just a no brainer. And this isn't it for me. Well, I, I want to mention this, and you kind of hit on it. You're you're already in first. You're good. Mm-hmm. Just hold tight. I don't think there's a reason to make that move today. And I can't tell you, and I know Scott, you and I have talked about this. I don't know how many times I've told people, why are we making that trade today? Mm-hmm. What is the benefit of making that move right now? What What are you getting now that you can't get in a week? This trade could very likely be there in three weeks. Like the guys you're giving away, Bateman, in all honesty, Bateman could go up in value. The first is probably going to go up in value. Most 20, even a 24 first is going to go up in value, even if it's not yours. Mm-hmm. 23 second, going to go up in value. Conklin is kind of dominating right now. As much as people don't want to admit it, like he's a redraft tight end that I think a lot of people are in dynasty are just like, what do I do with him? And you're getting back Diggs, who, and no offense to Diggs, I think he is a stud receiver, but you don't need him if you're already in first. And then Claypool, who is a question mark of question marks, like I, what are we gaining here? I don't see the value bump. All of those guys are, all of the players you're sending are ascending assets, even Conklin, to be honest. And then you get Diggs, who is maybe ascending, but I don't know how much higher he can get, and Claypool, who's descending. So the arrows are pointing in your favor. I don't make that trade. That's kind of where I'm at with it. And Scott, and just briefly, I guess, is that where you kind of are too? Yeah, I mean, my answer is if you still want to do this, uh, just do it in like four weeks and figure out where right. that, you know, where right. that uh, first be eight and no make this that move. Team's doing, right? So. Yeah, or be six yeah. and two or something like yeah. that. Honestly, I would look at this too and say, like, maybe even cut out some of that chaff and just be like, what about a 24 first for Diggs? You know, like, let's just cut through the crap. Let me keep Bateman. Let yeah. me keep the second. What is that move? Because again, it depends on what Diggs manager's roster is like. If Diggs, if the guy who owns Diggs here is is one and three and looking to pivot and kind of go into a rebuild, hold him over a barrel. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's the benefit to you? Like, hold on to your pick. Hold on to the, even if it's not yours, hold on to your pick because it's on your team, right? And this is kind of gets to that bigger question mark of like, well, what's the right philosophy or what's the way to, there's no wrong answer here. I will tell you that there are a number of times I've made a trade and then two weeks later, look back and go, "Ah, I'd much rather have had those players for the last two weeks because I now need them. You know, like I was contending, I'm doing great, but now I lost the last two weeks and I really would have rather had. So again, I just, I don't think there's a necessary reason to give away ascending assets at this point in the season. We all kind of agree there. What if in week eight, the guy that has Cooper Cup is three and five? Couldn't you see this trade for Cooper Cup? A 24 yeah. first, a second, and Bateman and Conklin? You get, I mean, like well, that. Especially if, again, the trending assets, right? If Cup goes, and again, I hate, I don't want to say anything about injuries. I'm not saying that, but let's say he has a bad week. Let's Because again, that Rams offense is kind of weird right now. Like we all expected a, a, a Super Bowl hangover, right? As a Bengals fan, we saw it too. And the Bengals, like, it's starting off really weird and, like, not sure what to do with things, and they weren't playing in the preseason. But we're now through four weeks, and Cup has done well, but what if that changes, right? What if something happens there where they go, hey, we don't know who we are, and we're, we're pivoting to a rebuild on in the NFL, you know? And, you know, A-Rob has looked really odd, and, like, you know, they don't have Woods anymore, and then Cup is the guy, but everybody's double-teaming him. Like, so there's a, there's a number of ways that it's still too early in the NFL season to really make decisions on that. Now, fantasy, of course, is a shorter season, right? We play our whole season, including the playoffs during the regular season. So you got to make a move. But I think we're all on the same page. There's no reason to make that today. I don't hate it, but 
I wouldn't smash except that. And I think I'm with you guys. If I'm contending and there's a pick involved and it's nothing but ascending assets, it's got to be a, you know, over the top. Make make sell me on it. Make me smash except on that. Like I can't say no. And this isn't quite it. Now, if it was cup, mm, I could see it. I could see it. I could see it. All right. Well, what's the through the trade analyzer on DLF for what it's worth, and yeah. not even including um, Conklin, the it, um, the side with the players, the package side is worth more than Cup right now. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. Hmm. Okay. A man of your brand, Cal. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate you coming on tonight. This has been a great time. I want to make sure we give you a chance to talk about things and who you are because we didn't really do it at the top of the show. But where can people find you? What are you doing for DLF? What? Go ahead. Spend the next thirty minutes telling about all the things you're doing right now. Uh, well, I coach a ten-year-old baseball team, and you can Perfect. come out. Like Let's that's, start with that. That's probably what I love the most. No, I, I, um, I, I get the opportunity to um, host a uh, answer question and answer show where re recovering really truther is often uh, in the comments section. So great to see him there. And nice. He is um, somebody that asks a lot of questions, and uh, we get a ton of them. And me and Addison yes. Hayes and Tyler Carp go through and answer. Um, gosh, it was almost three hours last night, and it's uh, it's great. It's Ask DLF. It's on Tuesdays. Um, or that was not, not last night. That was Peter's show last night. Excuse me. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the, the less good-looking show uh, on on DLF's YouTube channel. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> uh, but no, and um, in front of the show, it's okay. I, I've got some exciting news that I can't share yet, but uh, oh. there's some cool stuff. Ooh, okay. Well, so wait, where should people follow you on Twitter for this exciting news? At Calvin and Hobby. Perfect. Uh, I'm excited about it. I wonder how oh, many of our it. listeners and, and, get that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I well, knew it immediately when I saw your name. Like, but mm -hmm. am I old? Like it's I gotta be a lot, right? Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, probably. Calvin Hobbs, amazing. But. Yeah. With that, again, Cal, thank you so much for coming on. Mr. Scampers here in the chat saying tease, of course. Mm -hmm. Totally agree, Mr. Scampers. But you can't tell everything at once. Totally get that. But again, Cal, thank you so much for coming on tonight. This has been a lot of fun. I know we got through a lot of good stuff here. I think hopefully we helped some people out. I know I, I keep saying it, but I'm going to I'm going to keep saying it because there is no one answer. If you have a question, hit me up on Twitter. Hit Cal up on Twitter. Hit Scott up on Twitter. We all have a bunch of times that we answer questions. We do our best. We get through the DMs. I mean, I'd much rather get into a back and forth with somebody about their team and their league than just get like a, hey, who do I start X or Y? And I'm like, I don't know why. You know, it's like, here's, here's a quick answer. Like, I get why that exists. I'm not upset with those people that do that. I am much more a fan of, oh, are you contending? What kind of team do you have? Do you have a lot of running backs? Do you need run or Is your depth okay? You know, we're, we're not even into the bye weeks yet. Like, let's be honest, there's going to be a crazy few weeks here when we mm -hmm. start to have six teams on a bye. And we're going to have to start making crazy decisions with injuries on top of that. So I just always want to say to people, like, now is the chance to solidify your roster. Do what you can before it gets wonky. Uh, do everything in your power to make it easy. That's all I'm going to say, because it's not going to be easy as we get through the stretch. But again, Cal, thank you so much for coming on. Really a big fan of yours. Glad you could make it time for us this week. Uh, we also, obviously, we've got a lot to get through here as we finish. My Twitter handle at Andrew Hall FF. We got Scott underscore Sidlow at obviously at Scott underscore Sidlow at Portfolio Dynasty. If you want to look him up on Twitter, uh, the other two guests, like you said the other week, when I when I listen to Scott, like they'll deal with it later. Who cares? Like Rocky put it, like just whatever doesn't matter. 
Uh, anything you didn't like about tonight's show, blame Rocky or Bobby because they're not here, and that's perfect. Any inaccuracies that we might have stated, we're blaming them. It's perfect. Uh, follow us at Dynasty right. Junkies. Errors and emissions, exactly. At Dynasty Junkies, hit us up. We Obviously, we have a lot of find me at trades. We still have a bunch of things to get through. But if you've got a league and you've got a team and you just don't know what to do with it, come on down, send your team in. It's the pinned tweet on Dynasty Junkies. It's in my link tree on my Twitter as well. Uh, we love taking in submissions on that. We always need more. Anytime you got a question, come on, hit us up. Uh, at DAP underscore network, the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, of course, on YouTube. Look us up. Find us. Uh, watch us during halftime and the second half of this boring snooze fest of a game, which is nine to six right now in the fourth quarter. And I don't even know what to talk about for fantasy. This is going to be hilarious. Uh, but for the next three days, we're all going to try to scrape together some things and be like, eh? uh, it's exciting. But uh, Scott, I'll kick it to you to say hi to the fans in the chat and everything and then send us out of here. Yep. As always, want to thank everyone who joined us. Appreciate you uh, jumping in the comments and definitely submitting your questions submitting your fmats all those we want to get those in let's keep them rolling uh we'll keep this one short and sweet because uh andrew is a big star now and he has other obligations so uh for entirely Cal, true but i appreciate it andrew hall i'm scott sidlow junkies out